Uh, we have a debate with Cool Dog and Philosophical Zombie Hunter. And for this debate, Cool Dog's taking the position that markets cannot effectively regulate themselves. And PZH is going to be taking the opposition. Just be a normal back and forth, no moderation or anything. And at the end, we'll hold a voting poll if there's no concession from either debaters. So, Cool Dog, since you're taking the affirmative, if you want to sure. open up, go for it. Yeah, so I must confess that it's been kind of busy, so you're not getting the uh, full Cool Doge treatment of a lot of prep work here. But essentially, my uh, position is it doesn't seem to be the case that um, we can have markets without some type of third party that is not beholden to market forces to regulate markets for um, various reasons. I mean, the first one is obviously a sense of consumer protection in which um, without um, a third party who, who isn't in it for the money, essentially, um, will we'll, we'll be able to, um, you know, protect consumers from either dangerous products or predatory work, predatory work uh, practices. And it just seems to me to be the case that you can't have, um, in this metaphor will come up a lot, you can't have the... Uh, the wolves herding the sheep in a sense in that um, you can't let the market regulate itself because all of the actors in there are, are interested in, in, in making a buck. And there isn't like a third party check who has like a, a, an exterior benefit of the people type of idea um, to, to check the market forces. And so I'd be interesting to hear what type of solutions um, philosophical zombie hunter has to this problem it just seems to me the case that a business that is unto its own that will regulate itself and can keep the public in the dark about dangerous, um, d dangerous situations and then um, not treat its workers well, et cetera, et cetera, it, it just doesn't seem to me the case that the market itself will, will check for that due to the, uh, the inherent efficiency for, for making money, which does not uh, necessarily take into account important externalities efficiently. And so... Um, that, uh, and again, I don't want my position to be construed as communist or, or even necessarily a socialist position. It's just that there needs to be some state um, regulation in order to um, protect consu consumers and um, may even say we might get into this um, to keep monopolies and to, to keep a functioning market in and of itself. So um, I'll hand the floor off to, uh, to PZH here and see where the discussion goes. Thanks. So uh, I actually wrote something down for a change. Um, uh, okay, role reversal, yay! Because <laughs> Coco had like ten minutes, like written down, like really quickly, and I'm I'm just gonna read this out slowly and, and painfully. But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> for this debate, we are here to discuss whether the free markets can regulate a free market can regulate itself and to do so efficiently. During the debate, I will argue that the question isn't if the government would not regulate the market, then would the market be able to run unregulated? But instead, the question should be who should be the one regulating the market? Should it be bureaucrats in government with very little knowledge on the industry they regulate and very limited understanding on the unintended consequences their regulations cause? Or should it be a mixture of decentralized decision makers and industry bodies with expertise and local knowledge that will help regulate the market? The debate itself relates to a broader philosophy. If the market cannot regulate itself, then government has to always be there to regulate the market. If the government needs to regulate the market, it needs to grow to a significant size in order to do that. The bigger the market becomes, the more money that flows through it, the larger the government needs to be. 
the larger the government becomes, the more incentives big businesses have have to lobby the government to pass regulations that negatively affect their comp- competitors or give those businesses subsidies. And in few cases, in, and in quite a few cases, invited to do so. The technical term for this is called regulatory capture. So in essence, the debate is a linchpin idea for the population to accept big governments and larger government intervention in our lives. I will argue against the idea by suggesting that things such as industry standard bodies, consumer groups, insurance, as well as market forces and court systems to settle disputes can regulate markets effectively. Now, Kuldag, uh, I will do this a bit differently. I will try to persuade you directly uh, that markets can regulate the can be regulated in such a way. Mm-hmm. So I will uh, feedback with you and ask you if you feel convinced by some of my my arguments. So okay, yeah, so um we can I mean you, you, I think you've laid it out pretty clearly uh, like the the overall field of where this debate is going to go, and I agree with your characterizations of sort of the issues here here at stake, right? And like my biggest issue is like okay let's let's talk it like on the first one right is like okay you you argue that the bureaucrats have limited knowledge and so they don't really know what they're doing when they make these regulations and so obviously people with knowledge of the industries will make better regulations and and that's and of course there is like an epistemic problem here which which is an argument for a type of government where we do educate um, our, our representatives in a non-biased way so this is like a question of what staff should I hire as a congressman, not, not a question about whether the government should regulate or not. And the reason being, and here's my big sticking point, right, is if you have private companies who are doing the regulating, whether you call that a standards board, board or some standards organization, right, they're, they're still going to be, number one, beholden to the companies who send them their products because they're their direct customer, so they're going to want to cheat results for them. And then number two right, is they themselves have a profit motive and, and could be instituted by by one of these self-interested companies to then regulate themselves. And this de facto means that there's there's no check on lying to the public about things that are dangerous. There's no check on, um, for example, if you were buying, like, take an example of, like, alcohol, right? Um, there, there's certain purity standards that you need. It might be cheaper to make a poisonous form of alcohol in small amounts. It, and, and there would be no, no reliable way for the consumer to know um, that their alcohol wasn't tampered with if there's no uh, testing that can be done in the first place, at least with the government. Um, and while it may not test every bottle or be, be as efficient as we want at testing for harmful um, chemicals and in various products or other dangerous things, right? at least they have the authority to do it and are not beholden to the profit motive or are self-interested in the same way that private companies are. And so I'd like for, to, to know a bit about how you think that these private um, regulators are, are, are going to work. Okay, I understand. So you're saying there's if if the market has to re- if the same companies or companies in the same industry or uh, don't have an incentive uh, to be impartial, let's say, right, right, to uh, uh, the people that they monitor, that therefore that's you know that's not efficient and it, you can get bad results from it. So I'll 
I'll give you those four. I'll give four examples to to what you said. So, um, with industry standard standard bodies, it would be a adjacent industry. So, for example, um, you could have a situation where like a large supermarket chain, or let's say a Walmart, or in the UK it would be Tesco, mm-hmm. and they have suppliers, let's say for potatoes or alcohol, <clears throat> and those those things are grown somewhere. Um, Currently, in our day and age, two sorts of inspectors are, are sent to those kinds of areas. One is a government inspector, and one is an inspector from a standards body. So, for example, so in this case, the um, like Walmart or Tesco, they're, they're the paying customer of the industry standard body, mm-hmm. and they'll send and they're interested in getting the best quality uh, sure. food because otherwise they'll get sued by the customer. So, yeah, and right, right, right. they have their own pers- they have their own particular policies that they want their products to fit to. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in currently at the NH, I'll just say quickly the the government one is very very lax. Like the the regulations mm-hmm. or the laws are. The people, the people that go to the farms, for example, or they go to where it's produced, they're very, very lax. The industry standard is, is like 10 times more stringent and, and difficult with those suppliers. Uh, in addition, I said I'll give you three. So we have consumer groups. So let's say, for example, with alcohol, you have like a website that says these are good alcohols. They give them a star from one to five. And uh, if the alcohol does well, they get a sticker saying this is... W- Two or three consumer goods like our alcohol. Sure. Uh, like and that review I'm writing about the place I went to last night. I get it, right? Yeah. So that, that in your example, that would be a recommendation system. Right. Uh, like an Amazon, uh, you know, like regular people. The consumer group would be like more professional. But of course, you can have like regular people like Amazon or Yelp that give some review. Sure. And if, for example, someone sold um, alcohol that made someone go blind or cheated sure. someone, there is... There are court systems in the case of damage, harm, and fraud uh, that could uh, mitigate that. In addition, there could be business insurance. So, if, for example, the alcohol company uh, they need insurance, so they won't. So, if they get sued, it will go to the insurance and not them themselves. And the business insurance could um, uh, set some standards that they have to meet in order for them to get sure. insurance. So there are there are some, and of course, like if. In general, market forces, supply and demand, you get a bad reputation, you get a bad name, someone got hurt uh, from it, or someone say, someone took it to the lab and say, actually, mm. cheating you, they'll get a bad name and people will buy less from them and uh, someone else will fill that market and they will never recapture that market share. Sure. All, the, all the investment in their business will go away. Right, right, right. Sure. So there is a check on it. I understand what you're saying. And so... um. Let's tackle them like somewhat uh, uh, consecutively, right? Um, so the industry standard bodies, and this was like the agricultural products example with the government inspector and like the standards inspector. So um, while I agree that, that that you're a private company, you have certain business practices that that have proven successful, and there are cases where um, you inspect for certain properties of of your product to make it appealing to customers, right? Um, so I agree with that, that those can be stricter than, because those are like subjective aesthetic judgments in, in many regards or, or for product quality. 
but but this only and the danger here is this, this is that this can only happen once we've set sort of a bottom floor standard the the idea here being is that once we no longer have to meet certain standards, whether that be for how you treat your workers, what type of products you're pushing to markets, et cetera, right? Th then um, without that, that bottom tier level, it may be the case that, that in your supply and demand, your opportunity cost calculations, right? And your expected value calculations, that actually doing a product that is of lower quality than, than our current government standards is might be more dangerous will, will end up being so much cheaper to produce that it's worth the risk and so the, the question is about backsliding and then the um the other thing that i really want to talk about and we can talk more about the details about like uh, how the consumer rating systems will do although i think that's a secondary point um is is about this court system idea right but but i want to argue that like if I advertise to you that my, we'll use alcohol as an example. I am drinking a glass of wine. Um, but uh, so, so like, let's say the alcohol wine bottle is at 12%. It says 12%, right? There's a reg, there's some form of regulation here in place to say that if you market a product in a certain way, that your statements have to be veridical, right? They have to be true. Right, certain types of statements have to be true, and that's a type of regulation on advertising. So, completely self-regulating the market uh, without any form of regulations about how and what you can advertise on, I don't think that you can sue over that now. Right, right. Like your court system cannot allow a consumer to sue over that because the corporation is perfectly within their right to print whatever they want. Right. Um, it, and that's a type of regulation to restrict the types of claims that they can make and what evidentiary burden they have to meet in order to make claims on advertising. Right. Um, so I'll throw it back to you and we can talk about the consumer ratings um, if you want. But uh, these are the two more interesting points is the backsliding and then the uh, uh, advertisement uh, court system question. OK, so I'll. I think there were four points there. So I, I would say, mm -hmm. with regards to regulations being a, a minimum standard or meeting a minimum standard, I, I, think, I think it is true that currently you have regulations set by the government or by bodies in the government. And people often, what happens is they, they switch off their thinking and they say, well, I, I just have to meet the regulation and I'll do the bare minimum to do that. Uh, because I I don't want to get sued, and if, for example, you know I do get sued, I'll just say, well, I I met the regulation. Right. I think I think there needs to be an an opposite switch. I think there needs to be well, well, look, there is no, uh, or let's say there is no someone telling you what to meet, and even if they do, that's not enough. You need to to think like how to make it better quality, safer, and if it's not, if if something happens, you're responsible, or you could be responsible, you could be dragged to court. So if you want to avoid that. You need to think about the spirit of the the laws and not the actual um, definition, like the the literal definition of the laws, and that is to make a product better, safer, and things of that nature. And, and I and I do I would like to say that um, these regulations just literally make people switch off their brain and just meet the bare minimum. It's very yeah. common. Uh, with regards to risk risk on cheap products because it's better, I I don't agree here. Um, if you if you if you have the the 
the definition is I have a very short-term business and I'm, I'm willing to make some cheap products. I'm, I'm willing to take the risk to be discovered. And then all my investment and all my time and all my effort and all the shareholders and all those things will just lose out money very quickly once I'm discovered. I, I think it's too high of a risk. I mean, even even if you're cheap, then you know, then say you are cheap. This is cheap. This is what I'm doing. But you can't, at the very least, like if you're giving a poor quality product, then or you're giving like a, a let's say a value product, which meets eighty percent of people's need, then that still could be okay. But if you're cheap in the sense of harming people, or then you are risking even more. You're risking your freedom. Uh, with regards to to call systems, I mean. I'll, I'll deal specifically with the, with the bad advertising, but um, well, actually I can say now, to some degree, like either you can you can go to court and say, well, you advertise, you said this, and it's the opposite. Therefore, you have some sort of fraud, and, and you advertise some sort of expectation, and you didn't meet that. And you, you could go through a lengthy court process. I mean, I I don't know if it is lengthy or isn't lengthy. You could yeah, approach the. You could have, get paid, man. It's going to be long as hell. Well, so it, so it, it it depends. the The problem is with the court system now is that it's the rules are very subjective. It's very much up to interpretation of the judge, which means that you need a lengthy court process. You need more judges. You need more time in between for preparation. And in order to reverse that, you need the laws to be more objective and clear. So you know, if if you broke the law, you don't need twelve lawyers to tell you that you have actually broken the law, you would know that you're breaking the law and it should be very clear. And if it's very clear, then decisions could be made quicker and therefore the whole system kind of, well, I wouldn't say collapses, but at least optimizes, self-optimizes. Um, I, think, I think you can either approach the court system and say this is fraud, or you could approach the, the advertisers and say, or, or any, of the, any of the bodies I mentioned before, including the advertisers, say, look, you ad the advertising platform, you're... The person who's advertising on your platform is a charlatan, and you're going to get a bad name from that person, so I suggest you remove it. And you can speak to the standards body if there is one. You can speak to consumer group if there is one. You can go on television and tell people. At the end of the day, it's, it's not good business practice to, on, to lie to your customers. Eventually, you know, you'll get found out, and you lose your whole market share and all your investments and all your hard work. It's not uh, worth it. I got you. So um, let's talk about um, th th this point exactly. And I think that um, the idea being here, and it, it, it's kind of in, in both points. So um, I'm going to tackle the psychological point first, right? Which is um, you said like on the min minimum standards required, like dialogue tree, that um, when we impose these like uh, – basement level like foundational regulations and i agree with you some people switch off their brain and they only meet the regulations and that's all that they do um I, the, there's two points here number one this is an argument for as i think we both agree on more clear and very um strict and, and better regulations than we want than we want now so there's a reformist possibility here that the current regulations are too low, which is leading to, to unsafe practices, right? And the second problem, the second point is, is that psychologically, I think that when you remove that base level, then then people will switch their brains off in a different way, which is how can I make this piece of shit as cheap as possible? Which gets to the the point that you close that, um, you say that like poor quality, dangerous products won't survive. 
wants a rock, right? So I have two things, right? Number one is the all those cheap Chinese bullshit manufacturing companies that just rotate off plastic cheap shit and just make one lot of them, sell all of that, and then make some other lot of it for, for basically nothing is a viable business model where you cycle your production and cycle your branding and, and, you know, there are horrendous examples of, like, dangerous electronical devices. Um, my favorite one is an electric shower heater that can electrocute you. You screw it on to your shower head and water goes over live current. Right. Hella dangerous, but that company just switches its branding and they're fine to make cheap shit. And the second point here is look at a company of good repute, like Apple, for example, has consistently made shittier products that break easier and are less serviceable and repairable, right, and are way more expensive than their counterparts and are of lower quality, right, um, of lower technical quality, technical quality, not aesthetic, branded quality, whatever, right, and they're still, rap, uh, you know, incredibly successful due to the aesthetic. Now, on the court system check, I think that we have a, a real disagreement here and that I think that when you say a market can regulate itself completely, as I think the proposition is, I don't think that you can regulate what I can print on a billboard. So like what legal remedy are you are you referencing than, than some type of law, which is in effect a regulation on advertisement? You need some base level laws in order to define what is and is not acceptable. Putting poison in a food product is not acceptable, and that's a regulation that the government is imposing. It's okay to sell poison as a drain cleaner, but it's not okay to put drain cleaner in a food product. A ridiculous example, right? But it, it, it would be unacceptable to do that, and that needs to be a law, for example, that you can't have pesticides on the vegetables you buy. Right? That has to be enshrined in law, and that is a de facto, and de jure, we could even say, um, both at the same uh, reason that we need regulation is, is at this base level of law so the consumer does have a legal outlet um, and so we can pick up from there okay so I'll start off from the beginning so I I would say the idea with the standards body is you kind of uh, move away from regulations to just like high quality standards so you move away from the bottom and you focus on the top. Like, how can I make, how can I make my, my product the best, meet the highest standards? Because everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is in, in my industry is, is looking up. They're not looking to meet the bare minimum. Everyone is looking up and, and I want to compete with them. So I, I have to get better standards. And I think that overall is, is like a better approach to long-term selling, which is what people are in business for. Uh, uh, with a cheap question of clarity here. Um, when you say uh, standards, you're talking about like some qualitative, qual like a quality assessment of the product, as opposed to like a minimum bar to clear, right? Yeah, some kind of um, element of the product. So it can either be like uh, sturdiness or safe or safety or security or, or meets the requirements of. Okay. Like car, like car ratings that we have in the U.S., we have those. Like. Yeah, like in in car ratings, you have like different areas, like you know, I don't know, like how how smooth it is on the road and how well it does in an accident, and if it does if accident from the side, from the front, from the back, and all sorts of things, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I would say, like, aim aim. Companies need to aim higher, and, and instead of just like 
meeting the bare minimum, everyone is, is in it to outdo the competitor with a better quality product. Now they, they, they can like make like a, a better value product as well, but you know, that that's part of the cost. Um, with regards to cheap Chinese products, I mean, I, I, I don't know specifically about, uh, the example you gave, I'm fam- I am familiar with uh, Amazon having these Chinese products yeah. that uh, just change or look very m- same picture and just like have like different um, naming, but it's essentially the same picture on, on Amazon. I mean, you- the stupid shit on Wish.com and those like outlet bullshit Chinese cheap shit, whatever it is, whatever, right? I mean. Within within Amazon, you'll have people reviewing it, but I am aware that even through that, like they they start like a brand new product with no styles uh, because they've they've run out of the bad reviews from a previous product. But you know, it's again through that system, like at least you have some visibility of what other people think that that bought it, and uh, they they can try to keep gaming the system to some degree. But I think long term, it's it's a hard sell. Like at some point, you just have to say, well, look, I'm. I'm, I have these pe- I have these people in my factory. I'm getting all these Chinese compo- sorry all these uh, plastic components, and I'm making something together. I'm sending it over to America, and they keep giving it back to Amazon. Amazon's not paying me because um, you can return a product if you don't like it. Uh, Amazon's not paying me, and um, it's not worth it. I have to actually improve my product to meet like a, a higher standard and be cheap. Like it has to provide good value. And be, and like a good price for me to sell to this market, whereas let's say the locals are very expensive, and I can perhaps compete there. But at the very at the very minimum, it has to satisfy some kind of base base concept of value with the customers. Uh, poisonous food, so poisoning food. Sorry, um, so that is you are harming someone. You will you will lose your uh, lose your freedom. Uh, you will go to prison. Someone will. Uh, at the very least, if, if unless uh, there's corruption behind something, but if if you put poison in food, even by mistake, like it seeped in there from some, you you have a good chance of losing your freedom, and that's not worth the money. Um, with regards to like uh, advertising, you you have the freedom of speech, but if if you're making a claim about your product and that's a false claim, that is a form of fraud. And that is, again, something that can be taken to court. And again, like just from uh, market forces, there's someone in the market that's, that's telling lies. I don't want to buy from them. All these people tell me they'll te- this company is telling lies. I don't want to buy from them. At some point, you lose market share just because of it. I hope I answered your, your points. If I missed one, let me know. Yeah, no, no, we're good. Um, so uh, staying on this, like the cheap Chinese shit, uh, topic because i think this is all is going to end up being like kind of a voting issue a little bit um down the line um so and this is like on the court on the on the court flow um so basically right um you're saying okay you're directly harming someone right directly harming somebody by mistakenly uh putting poison on your food well uh, it's really about like the washing process that they do before they send it to kroger walmart etc right like that's really um where, where it's happening um because you can't say pesticide you the use of pesticides in and of themselves constitute a crime if someone accidentally gets poisoned by them right right come on or, or like if i go and eat a recently sprayed field something off of that 
then that's obviously on my dumb ass, right? Um, so, so there's that, right? And so the question is, who is, like, responsible in the legal sense for this, right? Who's responsible in the legal sense for this? And it's the person who was washing the vegetables, right? Because it was their mistake not to wash them well enough, right? And that's offloading on the responsibility from the people who put in these dangerous systems of production, at which point it's, it's hard to, to, to regulate the safety of your product due to the cheaper production system that has been done. And so the people who are actually making the decisions that led to this are not going to be directly liable or directly punishable unless you have some type of minimum bar to meet to where there's a, a, a certain acceptable level of pesticide that gets onto the food product, right? And so that, that's my response to that. And so you need some type of regulation to, to, to stop the harmful business systems and practices as opposed to the particular um, lack of washing a, a particular vegetable. Um, so now going on to the, like the cheap Chinese shit product, right? Um, I would agree with you if it doesn't, if it wasn't the case that a ton of these products are that, that these business practices are like successful, right? Uh, uh, like the fact that there is a proliferation to such an nth degree of these products indicates that a lot of people have decided that it's worth the cost to produce them in the first place. We have so many people who are willing to do that, then, then this is the result. Additionally, is the lack of labor regulations in those countries that is allowing them to, to bring a product to market at a cheaper cost, to which point, right, they can care what, they can care, afford to care less about what their brand image is, right? They're just trying to sell to somebody who needs a tool for one occasion or some stupid gag gift for somebody, right? And who cares if it's safe or not, right? They're only, you know, it, 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 the company reputation isn't as important as price point for certain items. Um, certain demands are, are tremendously more elastic than others, is to say on that. Now, going back to the um, the, the switching off brain um, need to go to, and I think it's a great way of putting it. I think you're very eloquent on this point about the, the way that we should move to a more qualitative assessment of standards as opposed to, to bare minimum style regulations, right? And so um, here, right, on one hand, we, we have a regulated market currently, right? And, and you claim that we have some effect from um, these consumer reviews. Um, how do we know that the effect will be more pronounced enough to, to step in and cause um, people to, to start thinking about quality so much when we could uh, think about with no regulations, right, whenever we loosen regulations, we see an increase of innovative thinking, right? It is innovative thinking and good thinking to, to make a product as cheaply as possible to, to hit like a bare minimum in order to undercut my competitors, right? I think that your analysis of this um, isn't doing enough on the cost end of, uh, and the uh, demand elasticity that certain products have. Like airline flights is an example, right? Um, airline flights, you want the cheapest flight possible that, that's going to get you there without crashing, right? And so if I'm a company and I'm allowed to cut corners, I'm going to capture a huge share of the market and then sell off my company later and, and after I've grown it by undercutting everybody, sell my shares later and hop out with the profits and let the company tank, right? 
And, and so the, there's definitely situations, especially in bankruptcy, these situations that the physical assets get distributed to competitors, right? And so things are more complex, and I think the cost element is lacking in this analysis on, on this side of the flow. Um, so I'll leave it back to you. Okay. Um, so the pesticide on food, um, I think I think if you're selling a product to a customer and you're saying, well, the, there is there is poison here, and it's it's your problem if you deal with it. I I don't think that's acceptable necessarily i think that if you are um let's say selling lettuce or something or like lettuce in a bag you, you the company may be the one responsible to wash it off to some degree um if you're saying that the pesticide is like mostly harmless maybe but if it's like severe and it it even in like the near long term sorry the near medium term it, it can cause uh, severe issues then you know, you can be taken to court. You can fall under all these consumer groups that say, you know, I, I've bought your product and now my child has this. And so you have you have both sides of the coin here, both the court, both the court and the market will react leg- negatively to this sort of uh, thing. And to some degree, like let's say if, if the entire market was doing pesticides and these stories uh, started to become more and more popular, um, I would say that at some point, like some people would complain, some people would get hurt, and then it would, and some companies would go to court, which as a result causes the producers to change their habits. Um, but at least that's what would seem logical to me. Uh, with regards to cheap, to like you know Chinese um, having very cheap labor and they can they can afford to do these things. I mean, look to some degree, I'm aware that on Amazon, some of those Chinese stuff are actually very popular and 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 get like a lot of stars. So. Mm-hmm. I know there's a there's a guy that reviews like like hardware stuff, uh, and he did like do a segment where you had like twenty dollar earbuds and like a, they had like a thousand stars and like you know it's it's a value product so it's like um, it's cheap but it it meets like eighty or ninety percent of your requirements and people are, okay it's cheap I my expectations are are, are not are set are not that high and I'm happy with it overall so some of those products do very well. Uh, but again, if like you're selling something that breaks and, and Amazon, and, and let's say it's not Amazon, let's say it's eBay, it doesn't have like um, a policy for returns, you may think twice about buying these sorts of things. If, you, if you've done it one time, you won't do it a second time. Uh, if you if you buy something cheap on Amazon and breaks, you can send it back. Therefore, the producer doesn't get, it, uh, get any value from it. Uh, but with regards to manufacturing, I, I'm not sure if this is... Uh, known very well, but manufacturing is not so much people heavy nowadays. It's it's a lot of infrastructure. It's a lot of automation. Um, it's a it's a bit of a a tangent here, but um, we've kind of left. So sorry. So the, there used to be like a third world, which is like the majority of the people in the country on agriculture. We used to have a second world, which is majority of the people employed in. Um, uh, manufacturing, and we had first world, which is majority of the people employed in uh, service sector. Um, we've automated a lot of stuff nowadays, if, and China also is uh, automating and buying a lot of uh, robotic component parts to to manufacturing. And that whole second layer is now dissolving. So if you have a third world country, so this is a problem to some third world countries. If if you if you would normally have gone through the steps like in a Western 
society like 150 years ago, you go through an industri- industrialization stage, that, that no longer is the case. So if someone is making something in China, they have invested in something, it's not the people anymore. In fact, the, you could make a case that the, infra- that the equipment is more expensive, is either cheaper than hiring so many people, but it does have an expense. So um, it's not as cheap as people think it is. Um, with regards to disruptors, so yeah, you, you can make a product, and I was alluding to it, in the previous statement, you can make a product that meets 80 to 90% of the people's needs in a particular industry, and it's way, way cheaper, and it disrupts the market, like, like for example, the airline. Yeah. With regards to, um, to, taking, to taking the money and then leaving, you, you will still be held liable to some degree. Um, if there was a case where HP bought uh, a software company from the UK, for a lot of money, some billions, and then it turned out, and, and they bought it, like they gave the money and the, and the owners walked away. And then it turns out it wasn't exactly, like the finances weren't exactly in order. They sued them, they went to court, they got some of the money back, and it was a big, was a big deal. Um, and Amazon had to write off, like, sorry, Amazon. HP had to write off like eight, 8 billion worth of the company. Um, did I answer all that, or did I miss anything? No, I think we're there. So I'm just going to go over like the three main uh, lines of discourse that we're going over there. So we can like, like uh, both be on the same page with how I see the structure, at least. So we have the court, we have the court system idea for checking, um, you know, the court, the court argument. We have the, um, the question about um, if to prevent harm to consumers, the review systems and, um, market image will work or not and then we have the cheap chinese shit flow which is uh, uh, uh about that it, does that make sense i mean i i would like to think that the harm outright harm yes, would be I, I haven't made an argument yet i'm just asking like in terms of like argument structure like debate structure here so oh, i regard, regarding the argument i would say that the harm prevention should should be the code but the the consumer reviews should should reduce reduce the harm. I wouldn't say they prevent the harm because someone okay. had to be harmed, and then you tell everyone. Mm-hmm. But I would say like the harm prevention should be the court. Right. The harm harm reduction should be the the market reacting to this. And I mean the cheap Chinese shit. People, some people like it. I mean, I I mean, as long, sure. I, I don't I don't know what to say really. Yeah, yeah. So um. Before I start, like, on specific refutations, though, I do want to ask an overarching question, which is, what is a regulation on your view? What is the definition of that? So a regulation is the, is the government passing a law about how they want a company or companies in an industry to act. Okay. Um, that is, I think, that is, I think, the technical definition. So it's any law... Right, that that uh, that that the government does to make a company act in a company act in a in a certain particular way, correct? So it's it's specifically the way the government wants it to act. Okay. So the 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 part of the gotcha. issue with regu- regulatory gotcha. capture is that. Consumer protection could be like a fraction of those regulations. All right. So 
Um, on let, let's tackle while we're here. Let's talk tackle like this court court argument, right? Okay. It seems to me to be the case, right? That what you call fraud is really an advertising company wanting to act in a specific way, right? Correct. I mean, if, if you made a statement about your product and there was an expectation about your product and it was right. dishonest, then I mean... But it, this is the government telling me as a company that I cannot be dishonest. I have to act truthfully. I have to behave in a certain way, the way that the government wants it, which is to make true statements. I don't want to make true statements. Government's telling me I have to make this is this is nothing to do with regulation. This is just this is just like lying to some to like someone you trade with, and then you can go to court and say, "Well, you you fraud me." Is lying in action? Uh, maybe. Yeah, you're saying something, right? Posting the billboard is an action, right? Sure. It's a type of action, right? Okay. That I am not allowed to perform because the government tells me. I can't perform in that way. Otherwise, I'm liable for fraud. So it's it's not uh, it's not it's not per se the government here, or at least not the way I'm presenting it. It's um, you are telling your customers something about your product, and you are lying to them, and then your customers discover this and say, "Well, you've defrauded me," and they take you mm -hmm. to court, and they have to prove that they have been defrauded. Right, right. I, I get that back end, but they're defrauding them on what basis? Something, a law that the government passes. No. No? The no. You're not held liable under a law? So, I, again, you stated something about your product or service, which turned out to be a lie. Correct. And you go to court and say, well... You told me this, and it turned out not to be true, and I paid money because of this reason, and now you've defrauded me, so give me my money back. So there is a law in place that says I cannot advertise falsely. So fraud is a sort of way of taking... Fraud is a sort of theft. Uh, or, uh, I understand it. I think it's a good law. I think we both agree it's a good law, but it's a type of regulation on corporate behavior. You can have fraud between regular people. No, I th I'm pretty sure. Yeah, sure, you can. Or a I'm, corporation, or a person. Exactly. Yeah. But that's so I, on behavior. Well, I don't think it's a regulation. I, I and I, I think that uh, I'm pretty sure the fraud is in in the area of theft, like uh, someone lied to you, so you so they can so you would give them the money, then they walked off or something like that. It's it's sort of within the area of theft and property rights. Mm -hmm. So under what law would it be illegal for me as a antidepressant manufacturer to yeah. make an antidepressant drug, pay off some doctors, literally bribe some doctors because there's no regulation here. I can send them a boatload of money that says for every depressed person, um, give them this medication and I'll give you 200K, right? And what would prevent somebody from doing that and not telling the consumer in the advertisements and not telling the doctors about the side effects that they have discovered, right? They're paying off all of the people who have the knowledge to blow the whistle, right? And they're making a boatload of money uh, on upcharging people on some cheap shit that they've advertised and there's no 
studies to, to counteract that because they're paying people off, right? We need some type of regulation to prevent fraud here, right? The type of fraud that we both think shouldn't happen, but, but when you're allowing people to, to, um, to where there can be no government restriction on corporate behavior whatsoever, the corporation can do whatever act it wants, I think this is in direct contradiction with things like fraud, with things like disastrously unsafe um, products, right? Where, where it's a more direct harm, right? Um, not just like base fraud, but fraud with actually injuring somebody, right? Not okay, so let, let me let me just summarize your position because I, I I have something to say towards it. Yes, I've actually had a debate. I've actually had a debate. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say I actually had a debate with Raddy about something similar. Um, sure. But just let me just uh, see if I got this correct. Um, a company bribed some doctors or a lot of doctors sure. for the doctors to then uh, defraud their, their customers and sell those things. And you're, say, and, you're, and you're saying we need regulations for those. It, it kills 10% of them, but the other 70% are happy. Right, but why do they need to bribe them? Because bribery is already illegal, but go on. Why is bribing illegal? Why can I not pay? That's a corporate behavior. Me as AstraZeneca or Pfizer is going to give uh, this hospital a boatload of money to make all of its doctors prescribe XYZ medication. Well, that's a corporate behavior. You're regulating my behavior. Yeah, there's there are laws that you can't, Break the laws. No, what do you mean? We need those laws to regulate corporate behavior. Yeah, but, but, but bribing. But this is this is on a very primitive level of breaking laws. Yeah, but you don't you don't you don't even need regulation for this like yet. You you, you bribed someone and then they defrauded the customer. I, I can I do have something to say to it, but I'm not even at that level. You you've done two illegal things now right. before I even get to my explanation. But but like I I think again, your your definition of a regulation is what again? A a, bu a bureaucrat in the government passes a restriction passes a law on companies for them to do something that the government wants. The government wants you not to defraud people. But so, what the courts is just in the area of property rights. You, you've already you've already hit one or two things. But the courts are part of the government. The courts are the yeah, state. right. Okay, okay, but 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 hold on. You, if you're saying that if you're saying that the court system protecting property rights is is regulation, then that is like a fundamental thing for for like free markets. It's property rights and voluntary exchange. So if I if I don't have property rights, if property rights equals regulation, then it's it's it isn't. It's just it's the court system. The regulation are bureaucrats handing down like specific like. Uh, tasks or things you have to to comply with typically uh, it's a fine if you don't do them in a very extreme cases it's a court thing but typically it's a fine mm -hmm. this is the area we're talking about right but but like here's the point and the audience you need vote on this he has admitted that there needs to be a certain set of laws which govern corporate behavior in order to have a free market 
namely laws about property. There needs to be property-like regulations in order there, for there to be a free market, for a market to exist. And so, ergo, I think my side holds the prop, right? Um, so no, I, I, look, uh, I, think that's, I think that's a very serious light of hand. Because just, I think that's a very serious light of hand, Kuldog, to be honest. Because just for, and, and I, I think I've had a consistent uh, view here in my previous video, my previous videos. For there to be capitalism, you have to have property, you have to have individual rights and property rights and voluntary exchange. Right. If you violate the property rights and individual rights, the, gov the, the government or the court system specifically is perfectly within its uh, uh, remit to resolve those. Otherwise, you'll have. It's not like an ANCAP thing. Otherwise, you'll have violence. You'll have like, well, you sold me something bad. I have a gun. I'm going to kill you. Like the 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 state is there to step in and say, no, no, don't don't get violent. We'll solve this dispute, and we'll punish the the person on your behalf. Like we, you don't have to do any violence. We'll do violence on your behalf because to prevent you from doing it. So we're your agent. We're your agent here. So, but it's so not the same as, as it's not the same as a regulation. Yeah. Okay. So this is a clarification, right? In your system, you have a base set of laws, which can be something like if you harm someone, then blah, 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 whatever, right? And so that, um, those are fundamental, but beyond that point, you can do whatever you want, essentially, right? Well, I mean, uh, we are discussing that now, technically. Right, right. And so am I characterizing your, your position correctly? So, you... So, so in general, like on a very basic level, yes. I mentioned before the, the property rights and voluntary exchange. The idea of voluntary exchange is that you have something that you want to sell. I, I, I want to buy this something and it's your something is worth more to me than the money I'm holding. And my money is worth more to you than the thing you're holding. And we, and we, we trade and we both agree, we both uh, benefit from this trade. So it's called win-win exchange. Right. And uh, if you decide to, within that exchange, to lie, to defraud or something, then the government can do something about that because, again, fraud is, is a sort of theft okay. in this context. Right. But beyond that, you can do whatever else you want. I, I don't know what that means, man. Maybe give me an example. So like I, like I mean, kill someone with a knife or something? What, what can I do? No, no, no. no. Like, like, sell, them a pie, sell them a pie with like razor blades inside? What? Why can't I give gifts to doctors? Why can't I uh, to a doctor as a company? To be honest, to be, I'll, I'll have to look at it, but like, so I, I have I have something to say with regards to the the regulation here, but with regards to bribery, I it sounds to me like like it's bribing. I I don't know for sure if it falls on. I mean, it, it sounds illegal, like a court thing more than anything. I don't think it's a regulation. On what basis would would it? I, I'll I'll I'll, t I'll tell you what. I'll have to take that on notice. It's not. It's not. A, I have to take it on notice because I'm not uh, familiar with the whole thing. If you if you question me, it just sounds to me like a bribe. That's fine. But um, the point that I'm trying to make here is, it seems like that when we start pushing more and more cases, like for example, like who is held liable if I had this certain procedure? For washing vegetables, for example, right? And mm -hmm. we'll say five percent of the time the vegetables have a harmful level of pesticide on them, right? What happens in your court system in these cases, and under what law are you prosecuting these people? In a sense, right? Can I? Am I never allowed as a company to have 
any pesticide found in my products without people like my CEO going to jail? Like, where's the like? What's the accountability structure here? Under what laws? What laws do we have set up which are not also regulations? And I think that this line between law and regulation gets blurred when we start talking about more real world cases in that type of thing, right? Um, so I want your response to that, and then we can close the court flow. I'll let you have the last word on it. So I think that if you if you sell a product that harms someone, that someone would have to prove that they were harmed by you, and as a result, you either have to pay them or and risk maybe going to jail. If you're saying that 5% of the time you have pesticides and they are, you know, you get a stomachache, but that's it, then, you know, may not reach court. If, if it's 5% of the time it may kill someone or may kill someone in two weeks, then that's a court thing, I would say. Uh, if, it's, um, if it's something like more long-term and like after a while you can say, well, I took a blood test in my blood, I have this many pesticides, it's from you because I buy from you typically or I can prove I buy from you typically. Like in the case of perhaps lead, you can say I have a certain amount of lead in my blood and I got it from your products. Sure. And you can, you can make the case, so someone's been harmed and you can make the case that they've harmed you. And they will have to compensate you and risk going to jail. I, with regards to like you know maybe like a gray area, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. And I, and I would say that like the the market does have mechanisms to prevent other people from from reaching that. You could you could have consumer groups that inform people, look, these pesticides are very harmful. These kinds of companies use this specifically harmful pesticide. It's not good for you. It's not good for the workers that you know put it on. It's very harmful. Stay away from it and the market may adjust just by loss of loss of money, loss of profit from this sort of bad press. Um, and with regards to specific harm, I would say that would be the court. So, so again, the the market would reduce the incentive to to sell this method, sell under this method, and the courts would figure out specific harm. So, if some someone was harmed, then the the market would reduce that harm, but not but not, but the courts would prevent it. So, um, very quickly, and I will. I do want you to have a response to this, if you will. But sure. it just seems to me that, like, when we talk about okay, stomach ache for two, two whatevers, right, versus killing someone. In two I, think, I think even even stomach aches. I think you sure. can you can make a fuss about. Sure, sure, but it seems like that you're creating a framework of like acceptable corporate behavior here. Right? Not necessarily. You can you can buy food from like a a, a small restaurant, and you can get a stomach ache, and you can complain to them about it. Or even if they, you know, if you're allergic to uh, peanuts and they put peanuts in your food, you know, you told them not to and they did it on purpose or on accident, you can take them to court. It's, sure. it's, uh, I don't know about, co- I don't know about necessarily jumping to mega corporations, but in general, it's like applies to everyone. Well, um, I- I'm good for uh, putting the, uh, this court topic to bed and talk okay. about cheap Chinese shit. Cheap Chinese shit, go ahead. And then I don't know where you want to go from there. Um, after that, um, after well, I'm trying. I'm trying to persuade you. So you tell me what you'd like to yeah, talk about. Yeah. So like on the and, and the audience can vote on the court shit. You guys vote, and I know you'll do. You'll do me a solid on that one. Um, but now the cheap Chinese shit. When I think I'm probably worse. Um, is uh, right. Do you know like Wish.com? Do you know this phenomenon? I, I've I've not heard of this, so I 
I know like Amazon and eBay, so that's about it. No, 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 honey. This is the 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 emporium of cheap plastic bullshit, my guy. Like the, you go there and you know that there's a fifty percent chance that this is some bullshit, and it's definitely not what it says, right? Um, oh, why do people buy it anyway? Because it's cheap as hell. Okay, so it's like it's like a risk, like a fifty-fifty chance of getting what I want. Yeah, and it's it's like fucking four dollar, five dollar shit. Like you buy a ten dollar pair of headphones, who knows if they're good or not, right? But it's ten bucks. Like who cares? Like it's the slot machine, but for physical products, right? Uh, essentially, you know this shopping addict fucking mentality or whatever, right? It, you know they're successful, and their return policy, let me tell you, is probably not very good. I've never bought anything off of them. But probably not very good, right? And so, like, there, there, there's always going to be a segment of the population who is basically motivated almost exclusively by cost, right? And, and that's what I think that your analysis leaves out. And when we, like, we, we talk about, like, the psychology, we talked about it of just meet the benchmark and, and fuck quality, right? And, like, sure, that exists. But there's also, like, on the consumer side, and you've got to protect stupid here a little bit, right? A little bit um, to avoid all the court cases we talked about. And that some people are, like, motivated almost exclusively by cost, and they have hella elastic demands. Right? Especially poorer people, they're, they're, they're way more elastic than, than, than like, middle-class people or um, upper-class people specifically off, like, you know... The, it's solely based on quality when we're talking about like the super rich middle class people can buy some luxury goods where it matters and a lot of other things they can pay a little bit more for higher quality but then you'll always have a segment of the population to where where cost is, is the only factor and you as a company even if it reviews are like four stars three stars right the people are still willing to risk it and while the, the wish.com is like the, the middle class slot machine version of this, if we deregulate it completely and more necessities um, were, were made available and, and shit like that, or, or things that, that like products that were dangerous or, were low, or extremely lower quality but were marketed at a super low price point would, would, would do some harm to, to people who, who, who are so elastic in their demand curves. So if if so, I I can't relate to Wish.com, but I we'd have something in the UK for for poor people, which even I shop in, to be honest. But uh, but with regards to like harm from this Wish.com place, if if you do buy a Chinese product and it does actually I know cut your finger off or do something, would there be a process to when well, you'd have to go to court? But would the I'm assuming that would be okay to do. Like people would do that if they get harmed. Yeah, but like, like the the point is though is is like that it's too have, cheap for them to do that, or what? What is the what did it, you mean? It's too difficult for them to do it because of the court system. I know that you you and I both probably agree on some court reforms that we should do, but mm -hmm. like it's a hassle. Number one, and then number two, they're willing to take a certain level of harm before checking it right before before going to court over whatever small damages are for, for their whatever breaking um, that they bought for cheap shit, right, that they have to buy continually buy again, right? It's like a planned obsolescence 
idea, right? Okay. I, w- I would say with regards to... Um, so I'm reminded of a movie with uh, Kevin Spacey where it was like this infomercial guy and he made like this uh, stomach cruncher thing that chopped someone's finger off when they crunched, when they like got up and like, and if they put their finger in the wrong place, then it's a movie. They put their finger in the wrong place, the finger falls off. And But basically with regards to cold systems, you know, you have people with no win, no fee, will just take 40% like, and they'll jump on stuff like that. Like if you, if, uh, I mean, even if it's a, a Chinese company way over there, or they'll, they'll sue wish.com. Uh, they'll hold them liable to some, to some if they can. And uh, they will jump on something like that. Um, I had like another, I think I had another idea, but it escapes my brain. Anyway, but um, with, regard, with regard to poor people, I, I don't know, again, I don't relate to that wish.com, but we do have something sure, in the UK. Sure, sure. Um, Bargain, I, I actually, tree, whatever the fuck, you know what I'm talking about. I actually think that I actually think that poor people do, um, I think that not serving poor people or people thinking that capital systems aren't designed to serve poor people are, are, are missing like a trick. Because basically Walmart is entirely structured around serving poor people and they're quite rich. And we're here in the UK, we have Poundland, we have Asda, which is kind of like the Walmart uh, locally. Yeah. And they, they do very, very well. Now, look, I... You know, I'm sh- I'm sure they have some they they have some sort of um, stand- standards of their own like that they meet, but but in general it's it's very cheap and like maybe if I go there versus I go into a slightly uh, and even even there's a new one from Germany called Lidl which is really popular. It's just they just have very like cheap setup or like they don't have too many people working there. They put like a a, a pallet of food in the middle of the 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 aisle of something and people just take it off and and go pay for it. But uh, yeah, like poor people are served very well, like in those kinds of areas, and and a lot of companies make a lot of money from it. And in general, supermarkets are like they make one percent um, on every product. It's a very very thin margin, but they just do they're just doing a lot of it. Um, the point is though, right, is that the poor people, if there's a one product on the shelf that's like, if it's a cheap product, we'll say it's like a dollar for normally, right? Yeah. And there's a, a product that's in all respects equal, but 80 cents, they're going to pick the 80 cent product. Right. So let, sorry. So yeah, I, I'm, you're reminding me what I had in mind. So I, I would say this, I was working in a company when the, when the 2008 recession hit and we were talking about, you know, lowering our prices and stuff. I mean, I wasn't, I was just a tech guy, but um, they, they were talking about, look, people aren't necessarily interested in, in the, the bottom price. They're interested in, in good value. So if if you're saying like something is a dollar and something and and sixty five sixty eight sorry eighty six cents if it meets their needs then they will go for the eighty six cents but if if the eighty six cents something doesn't meet their need it's not good enough value for them to not buy that so if let's say they need rice and there's like regular rice which is I don't know let's say a dollar and eighty six cents again mm-hmm. so the dollar one is is Mostly okay, it's fine. But the eighty-six one that had that has stones in it. That had, some rice are some rice bits are too hard and they they ruin your teeth. Ruining your teeth is a, is a trip to the dentist. No, thank you. But, yeah, or, or at the very least, like if it's rice, they have to sift it out. Yeah, but poor people are willing to do that. To save- if if they're willing, if they're willing to do that, then and it saves them, it saves them money. Like with regards to sifting stones, like they're willing to sit there and sift rice and take the stones out. 
then you know it's it's a choice. Both know that people prefer short term gains over long term gains. You and I both know that people value money in the short term more than they value it as like this abstract concept of what they'll have in the future. There's been many psychological studies on this. So I, I would say this: they will choose the cheapest product that meets their needs. They won't choose a cheaper product that doesn't that doesn't meet their needs. The assessment of what they need of what their needs are is also mutually influenced by the cost, but also discounts the future at the expense of, of the here and now, right? Or I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure I I'm, at expense for the future. I got it reversed. Terrible. I'm I'm not sure I entirely agree. I entirely agree with, with what you're saying as like a cutthroat kind of market there. So I gave the I gave the example of the rice, but you know, it's it could be too much work to sift through the rice. So if I chew it, I could have an issue with my teeth, which would cost me a trip to the dentist, which could be more than the than the value. But again, I I, I see it as like you you have a, <clears throat> the people who have a concept of value, and they would buy the cheapest product that meets that that value. But it, but they won't buy cheaper than that. But people, so for example, when I was giving the two thousand eight example, our marketing person told us, look, they're not. They don't want cheap necessarily. They want good value. They want like, uh, so if you sell something that's $25 instead of 22, but the $25 does three things more than the 22, and that is good value, so just an example. And that is good, uh, good value. So people want good value, not necessarily the cheapest. But like, you're, there's another like example here that we can run, right? And here we're going to be talking about cars. We're going to be talking about farm equipment. We're going to be talking okay. about... Techno technological devices. We're going to be talking about certain types of medical equipment that that are like relatively high end. We can take let's let, let's take cars. Cars is a good cars and second second hand cars. Yeah, as an example, right? Um, those products, right, are designed to in such a way that you could potentially incentivize people to buy a new car on a regular cycle due to like a planned obsolescence, right? Is okay, we give the customer, let's be generous, give them a two year warrant, warranty, right? Why is your mic so fucking loud? Too bad. Uh, is that better now, Lee? Um, but give them a two year warranty, right? And then after that two-year warranty is up, now the customer has to pay for service on that, and they can design such a, a turn 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 down your volume. Okay, I'm trying. No, it. don't do it. Keep it up. Okay, it's good. Uh, but basically, right, is that um, it? In order to get, I'm joking. Lee's upset at me now. <laughs> after that point of the two-year warranty, right, you have to get it serviced. And you can design a product in such a way that, that only uh, people who are associated with the corporation can service that vehicle. Like, this is happening with John Deere tractors. This is happening with cars. There's been legislation, actually, to, to regulate this practice, to ban um, diagnostic tools from being unable to assess what problems with your car or whatever, right? And so without regulations here, companies can do that and they can exploit people by making them making it a, a better value proposition for them to continually buy a new car, which is of worse quality, but nonetheless makes the corporation more money than if they built if they built a, a good car. Right. Like this is a calculation that, that you have to make. It, it's an expected value calculation. Right. 
I'm sure fewer high-end customers may buy your product, but but rich people buy a shitload of Apple products, and they have mm-hmm. to rebuy those every three years when they break due to planned obsolescence, right? And so I think you're discounting this this idea. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. Um, so I, I'm, I'm remembering a case where, like, if you bought, like, a BMW Mercedes, like, I don't know, some eight, eight ten years ago, mm-hmm. then there would be an expectation that, I don't know if you have to agree to it or it's like it's like highly recommended that when you need to do um, services or MOT. Oh, sorry. When you do services or MOT for the first three years, you have to go to them. Uh, well, you don't have to, but it's like expected. Or, I don't know. It was like expected or something. And it was a very expensive MOT and like, oh, you have to change all your four tires and all the discs every time. And, and like at some point people like this is ridiculous and just went to like a regular MOT place or regular, uh, sorry, MOT is like a test you have to do in your car mm-hmm. so you can keep it on the road. Um, and I think, I think people got fed up with it and there were like um, dealers who like specialized in, in like high end cars that, that, sure. that, did that. I, I don't really remember, but I think, I think, I think, I think with the John Deere one and I, I have to remind me if this is the case cause I've, I've only read something about it where they sell this like farm equipment and, and all the farmers are interested in like late eighties John Deere trucks because they can replace the parts and the new ones they cannot. So it's like the late eighties John Deere stuff is like the reason they can't replace them is because in the computer that runs the car in some cases or mm-hmm. runs the tractor won't let them turn it on. They can have the part, the correct part, they can replace it. But because John Deere wants to extract a service charge on them, the tractor won't start because they replaced the part. That's it. And why does why doesn't a comp- why doesn't a competitor step in and say I will sell you farm equipment without this issue? Because they can make money on the same scheme too. Right, but if they're the same as John Deere, then there's no difference. They can just people can buy the previous. Why would the why would someone not compete and say this is a solely needed? Uh, hole in the market and i'm going to come in and fill it but because extracting the service cost gives you more money than selling to the additional people that this feature would would appeal to right but i I understand that but the other the other competitor already in the market is doing that so why not disrupt the market the market has no regulations in it and this situation has emerged no i don't then i don't agree that that doesn't have any regulation because obviously if they're acting so one-sided with the people there must be some regulation otherwise a competitor would just say well this is stupid i'm just gonna step in and and take take over all the market there's no regulation on the books that says there must there must be then i so i i can't i it doesn't sound like there isn't any regulation it sounds like they are strong arming. It sounds like there is some sort of regulation that doesn't allow a competitor to step in. And because, for example, even like trucking companies can can do They're something. Just passing laws now to prohibit this behavior. I, I'm, aw- I'm aware of. I'm, I'm a, I am aware of the right of repair laws. Right. So there was no regulation on this before. We got this shitty situation because we didn't have any regulation, and now we're fixing the problem. Like, I don't see the point, the problem here. Like, what? So in the case, I, I do think in the case of a John Deere, there is something preventing someone else from selling farm equipment. Let's, let's, let me say something about Apple, uh, because, you know, Apple didn't let people open up their uh, phones, or they made it very difficult, and you needed 
special screwdrivers. Some people obviously did do that. They did fix Apple Apple products and they kept them for longer. Uh, but you know, even in the Apple space, you know, you could there is competition. You can buy a Samsung. You can change the battery at home. You can buy other things. It wasn't like the only competitor. Obviously, they have a brand name and people like that. It makes them it makes them feel warm and fuzzy. But if like the right of repair, if like the right of repair upsets you, you can buy a competitor. Whereas in the case of the John Deere one, there must be at least one competitor, surely. But but but. <laughs> When you look at the technological market, Apple was the first one to do this, right? And they started making buku dollars. There's no law in the books that says you have to make your phone be repair, repairable. There's this no law in the books that, that, that says you have to make your phone uh, closed or not closed, etc. No let me, regulation. But now, let what me, is Samsung doing now? Well, one second. making their phone harder to close, so you have to go through their warranty systems, and so the lack of re- regulation has fucked us once again, right? You, you, have, you, have a variety, you, you have a variety of phone competitors at the moment, at the high end as well. With regards to Apple specifically, they were always a closed system. Apple was a closed system from the 80s. Like, uh, if you remember, if, I don't know if you remember, but if you had, like, discs and you stick, you stuck it in an Apple II, you can't stick it in a, you can't take that disc and put it in a, a micro-compatible one. Hardware, that's not the hardware level. That's not the hardware Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand, but the, their philosophy... Okay, look, I, <sighs> I, I... I would say in the case of Apple, they were always this, this way. They just, they wanted to be, like, a complete thing. And they didn't want to and, and now people Samsung to is converting to that way. Sorry, Samsung. My old Samsung, I could open it up, but not okay. my new one. I need special tools for it so that I can send it through their warranty system. They're all doing it now because they're making buku money, and no one cares about that shit anymore. I, so I, I do, but I'm getting screwed. But other people don't. I, I, to be honest, I, I'm aware of the right of repair. I. We'll have to. I have to take it. Take it on notice. I would say the only thing that comes to mind is just that I don't know everything about everything. But um, right, of course. I, I I I think as far as I know, the only thing that comes to mind that is similar is the airline industry, and and basically, um, they deregulated something, and everyone was doing very cheap fails, and then like you couldn't, you couldn't have any new entrants in the market, but everyone had like cheap fails. So the only thing they could do at some point, they just started charging for um, bags and stuff like that, like $15 here, $25 there, all these sorts of fees. But the reason was at the time that no one could enter the market. Like they had lots of regulations. And even though like the fails were cheap, they were like playing around with the fees to make some costs. And at some point the fees in and of themselves was like a huge uh, revenue stream. You, you are right to point to the fact, um, and I would encourage you to look at the right right to repair stuff a little bit more deeply, because uh, that might convince you that some regulations are needed. Um, um, obviously, without you looking at it, it's, it's not going to be convincing here and now, but uh, later you might take a look at it. Um, but, right, when we're talking about um, entry to market and your point about the airline industries, I'm, you're 100% correct. Right, like entry to market is a huge issue that we have to take into account for, and but when we look at something like a, a, a cell phone or other t- like heavy technological 
things, right? Where it's not just like a, a, a service essentially is like the airliner is essentially a service that repairs these, these planes and whatever, right? Fares you. But, but when you're making a cell phone, there's a very high bar to entry from the get go. Right. So, um, God won't stop. So, um, right. And so that idea is, um, is that, um, when you have a high bar to entry as it, in virtue of it, the product that you're selling because of that, right? Um, de facto, you're not going to have enough market insurance who are not going to try to make the free money on the planned obsolescence gravy train now that it's kind of become uh, an expected sort of situation, right? And oh, so you can, isn't it? The, can I just ask one, one second? So I, I would say this. I'm not entirely sure how many people how many people are pissed off that they can't repair their phone like uh, by themselves. Like maybe it's I don't think it's maybe it's not the case that it's the majority of the of the market care enough about it. I do know that Apple and with regards to planned obsolescence, I do know that Apple specifically had like a low uh, quarter or something, and the CEO said that people are just hanging on to their phones, their, their stuff for longer. And if you notice, like if you buy a phone, they'll they like they like pay pay you if you give them your, your old phone, so you they'll charge us for because because people are just hanging on to it, and they're hanging on to it partly because they give it to like a local person in my high street that can repair or can send the battery or can change the screen for like fifteen pounds, eighty pounds for the screen, fifty pounds for a battery, eighty pounds for a screen, and they'll hang, and they'll keep it for longer. And I'm, and I mean specific Apple products, um, so. I didn't. I didn't approach Apple, or I didn't use Apple Care or Apple Pay or something like that. I don't actually think it was my phone; it was a family member. But um, but the people are are managing to repair it, and it is pissing Apple off. And the planned obsolescence isn't as working as well. And for example, iPads. I know, like we have an iPad from 2013. A relative has an iPad from 2013. There are methods that the company can put in place to prevent you from changing that battery. Yeah, yeah, but. We still have it for a long time. The the Apple like the laptops can last at least five to seven years without without changing them. I mean, if you want the newer stuff, but, but you, know you, you can. Right? Is that the, 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 there's this slippage without regulation to where um, perfectly so, good technology is being wasted due to corporate interest of profit, right? I mean, harm that's being done to people, not a great harm. Well, I'm not saying it's some great harm, but it is a harm nonetheless. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I... I'll take it on notice, to be honest. I'll, I'll review it, um, and I'll get, get back to you. I... On the right of repair, then we can, we can call it if you want. Um, okay, let's, let me just look over some of my points quickly. Yeah, is there anything else? I was kind of like really excited to say like all the bad regulations the government did just like to spice things up. But I don't think it's it's relevant because there's a lot of bad regulations that the government passed. But uh, so like for example if 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 the stand if the standard was uh, so the standard seemed to be like throughout this conversation is um uh capitalists are wolves that are like you can't tell the market capitalists are the wolves and you can't tell the wolves to guard the sheep right. and it's it's kind of like something that i've heard on the server not from you but i've heard from somewhere else on the server and uh, and I, I was wondering 
before coming to this debate, if if the standard for because we were talking about effectively, if the standard was better than the government, because that is like a super low bar. Um, so I was wondering if that that was going to be the case, but it was Tyrion questions, and I did in fact say that because it's catchy. I like it because it's catchy. Um, but yeah, so like yeah, I think the standard for this debate is um, kind of interesting, especially what, what's the actual. Uh, we can do propositional analysis if you want. What is the actual prop uh, prop language? Markets cannot effectively regulate themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, like my understanding would be um, of this. So, actually, before before you go, I do know that I've saw I saw some YouTube clips where a guy went to like China and made his own phone to like parts and went to, like different like literally like stores in like a in like Shanghai and stuff, and he made like a a, a clone of an iPhone like he bought from like four or five different places and he ordered something. And then someone put it together for him for like a hundred or eighty or hundred dollars or something like that. It was like an so if if you want if you want to like because everything is like modularized and you get this part from right. from Germany and this part from Taiwan and you could just put them you just put them assemble them in China or whatnot. Um, you can actually make a phone. I, I do think that um, there is actually quite a bit of innovation around it, and I have seen some. Um, what is the thing where you crowdsource some money? Yeah, Kickstarter. Like Kickstarters for like a, a module, modulized phone where you can just replace the module. If like people are really unhappy about the right of repair, they could. I think it was a bit bulkier, and obviously, you know, Apple has some kind of magic to it or whatnot. But if you if you were like those hardcore nerds, like back in the day when you people were like installing Linux instead of Windows on on their on their computers, you could play around with something like that. Uh, but it just it it seems to me like a lot of people are happy about are happy about having these phones. Um, and and they're not doing too much about it. Maybe they they grumble here and there, but if like if it really upset them, this right of repair, they they could have had alternatives. I just think that that, that they they just don't know what they're missing on a Maybe yeah yeah maybe absolutely super targeted regu- like because more like I me and you will agree like you can read off a list of bad regulations and I'll probably agree with twenty nine out of thirty on the list right that are bad regulations. But I think that there are there's a possibility, um, and a lot of the regulations are written from either a cor- to benefit corporations specifically with the regulatory capture shit that you were talking about, mm-hmm. right? Or or right, they're, they're completely misinformed in the way that they're regulating, which was your knowledge argument, and we're going to agree. And I think that a lot of that comes from a lack of um, the primacy of the consumer consumer protection and regulations and benefit for the consumer. And I think that our regulatory system doesn't do that. So, so I'm, well, the com- it's not, they're not incentivized to. Right, exactly. And so I think that, that you're right in the sense that in our current political system, um, that, that you, I think that you're right, that the regulations that we are writing now are terrible, right? And our current political system does not have the people's interest. It doesn't allow the people's interest to be expressed in law, right? I agree with that. Um, but my analysis of the proposition is it, it, it's not like this current market, but it's a markets in general, like a general, like without like, I mean, we can disagree on the specifics of what regulations we want, but I think the bar here is to prove that a market with zero regulations, and I, I've let you more or less decide your, your definition, 
could could actually um, have some type of uh, moderating influence on what they put out so that we don't have people keeling over from whatever, right? Or, or being given the shaft continually with lemon cars, right? Okay, so I think, I think if that is the standard, then I would ask you if you think I've met that standard. Personally, I guess. I think that you've made me a little bit more weary of certain types of market forces and how regulations that bar entry to market need to be considered, as well as potentially... Um, I still have to think a little bit about how much uh, the public um, name brand stuff affects affects everything, but I don't think that on principle you, you've convinced me that we should have no regulations in an entirely free market. Right, but in, in a theoretical in a theoretical world where we actually do have free markets and bear in mind when you have free markets, you, you eliminate that regulatory capture thing. Um, that, that is kind of very much the point. Right. That is kind of very much the point that, uh, cap like big corporations do not have anyone to lobby for and they just have to compete. That's that they have no other choice, but to actually make the customer happy. But in terms of like this, this theoretical, uh, market where we have elements of what we have today, but like more of them in that in that theoretical. Is it is it not the case that I've I've demonstrated that markets can regulate themselves effectively? And bear in mind, I didn't answer everything, and there were some holes. But I think that overall, like, my issue is that I don't think that the standards associations. While I do agree that a more qualitative approach would be good, um, I don't think that a private standard organization. What we'll check because we'll check the the potentiality for 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 bad stuff, and I think that that you're basically putting you're offloading the entire risk assessment to the consumer to where they have to do two calculations. One is what is the chance that this product is good faith, right? And then is that enough risk that that I'm willing to take, right? You're putting that onus on the consumer. And I, and I think that, that a market without, and we haven't really talked about like labor, but like it's the same idea, right? Um, but right, and so I think that you're offloading the risk to the consumers, and you don't, without regulations, you don't have an ability to ensure that, that the consumer's interest will, will be taken care of. Um, okay, so I, so let me let me make a, a point on on yeah. that last last element. So I. I do think that the, the consumer should take on should be a bit more savvy, but I absolutely do not think that the consumer are, are experts by any and not nor, the, nor am I require them to be experts in a particular field. So I'll give an example uh, of like a let's say a standards body kind of example, and let's see what you think. So I, I had a previous debate with with uh, with Raddy, and there was a debate about the FDA. So I just want to give an example. Sure from like the a bad example about the FDA. So the, the idea with the FDA is that they're incentivized to say no. Uh, they are, if they release a, a product, if they release, sorry, um, a, me, a sort of medicine and everyone's happy, great. If they release medicine and, and like 40 people die or 100 people die, they are the ones that get the blame. So they'll default to no. That's that's their incentive. Um, and um, Yes, it does stop like bad some bad um, medicines from coming through. There was an example of a 
or something in Europe that um, helped women sleep and it, it, it gave deformities to children and the FDA didn't allow it, so they didn't, it never occurred. But on the other hand, there was the issue with beta blockers and beta blockers is something for, for heart, uh, like it reduces heart attacks. And specifically, those beta blockers were, this is in the 70s, were already approved in, in Australia, in Canada, in England. But in the US, it was not approved by the FDA. And it wasn't approved for a while. And in the meantime, tens of thousands of people who could have had that and died of heart attacks could have been saved. So I would say the offset is that because it has this very um, precautionary principle kind of approach, you... You don't have, you don't release medicine that could be saving people's lives. And yes, you stop ones that harm people, but you're killing more people than you are saving. Um, and the idea that I would like to say is, if you take the FDA and you remove it from the government, but you place it in the market, or even maybe a few of these, where you have a sort of uh, either standards body organization that stands that that is paid for by doctors, and it goes and tries to evaluate medicine uh, that will solve particular doctor's needs. So basically the doctors are saying, look, I don't have time to research all these different medicines, and um, I want something to represent me and be an expert and like test and look for these things and see if they're effective and do studies or, or do meta-analysis or from other studies and tell me, that this medicine can help my patient and then I will have conversations with my patient. And even like if it can help 80% of the time, but there's a 2% risk of, of X, then I will have that discussion with my, with my patients and we can do that. So that is the kind of thing I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking for, uh, where you have like these groups that, that you know, even, even in consumer electronics, you have these groups that go out, they're testing, they hit it with a hammer, they drop it on the floor, they see if a child swallows a, a button on a toy. They run it through, they, through all these varieties of tests and then say, this is good, this is bad, this, has, this gets a stamp. Or in the case of the doctors who, who pay for the service, say, this, recently we've had this like, surge of this, this. These three new drugs show promise and we're working on it. We'll give you more information when we get it. And instead of like having, even an example of the recent pandemic, which you know released these uh, vaccines very very quickly, typically it would be seven to ten years, and in the meantime everyone's dying. And in the case of AIDS, there was a lot of like uh, fuss over this, and uh, people started taking even even in this pandemic, people start taking what is it like horse dewormers or something? Right. right. But uh, because they don't trust, they don't trust these uh, big government bodies to tell them the truth, and I want that to like change fundamentally. The doctor is supposed to serve the patient. The doctor asks this group, say, I need good medicine to help my patients and they're paying for this. And if like, and you know, you could have a few of these for different types of medicine and if one of them betrays the trust of the thing, then they'll lose confidence and people will stop paying them. So you have like, or, or like be, I don't know, taken to court or whatever. But um, that, that is the kind of, that is the kind of replacement I'm looking for the FDA. Well, well these Groups are looking to solve problems, not to default to saying no. Right, and but the, like the point that I'm trying to make here is that, of course, in different industries, your threshold for accepting entry to market, which is what we're talking about, can be different. And it lets, um, with regulations, it lets you done well, done well, 
lets you to sort of fine tune that to to an acceptable or the point that that is best, right? But without well, so hold, hold, hold on, regulation as as a default position in in any economics regulations are the barrier to entry. But but we can we can agree that the FDA should have a lower threshold of acceptance or a higher threshold of lower threshold of acceptance, right? But it's it's incentives. It's incentives. Look, a lot of these things. It's it's basically comes down to incentives. Yeah, we can change uh, the incentive. We can tweak the incentive. We cannot. We cannot change the incentive. It is built. It is baked in. Yeah, but we can tweak it. You can you know give it metrics. You can give right. it like you know KPIs. But the incentive is is built in. But right, we have an ability to do this tweaking. Is it will it ever be okay? Let me let me explain. Let me let me give an explanation of what I mean by incentive. So it, okay. it is very very key to this whole argument. So I'll have okay. to explain it. Let's say you you want to go to a restaurant and it's your money. You're the one paying. So you're you're both interested in getting good value for your money and you're interested in enjoying yourself. So incentive here, it's because it's your money and you're the one eating the food, you have a double incentive to get the best restaurant for the best price. Yeah. If your boss at work is saying, go to a restaurant, I'm paying for it. Yeah. You don't have an incentive right. to, to pay. You can, you can go to an expensive restaurant, but since you are the one experiencing it, you'd want to have good food. Right. Right. If you are buying a gift to someone, you're not going to experience it, but you are paying for it. So you, you'll try to get like the best value, but you're not going to experience it. So that, that's where the incentive... With the case of, of government, there's two examples here. Uh, there's an example and an example plus. They take, your, they take taxpayers' money. It's not their money. They pay to people that they're never going to meet. They have no incentive on either way. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, now let's fine-tune that with the example I gave of the restaurant. You... Your boss or someone, your, your boss told you to take the, the team out for a night out, but you're not going to eat the food. However, your uncle runs a restaurant on the other side, far away on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is literally the government. Now, this is the incentive. And I'll explain in a second by, by talking about pork barrel spending. Um, you would tell the people in the office to travel to the other side of town, go to their to your uncle's restaurant. You pay your boss, you pay like exorbitant fees. They'll give them red wine or whatnot to to sp- spike up the price, and and the uncle will pay the money. Now you haven't you haven't gotten any of this money, but your uncle owes you a favor. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is the incentive in political system. Now pork barrel. I'll give you another example. Pork barrel spending is basically. People start asking, why is the government uh, spending on all these uh, really ridiculous uh, stuff on stuff in spending? So, for example, there's a there's a shrimp that that has like a not a stepper, like a, a running machine. They invented a running machine underwater for three quarters of a million dollars for a shrimp to run on a on a running machine, and they also gave a quail uh, uh, drugs. To see how it affect, like uh, like cocaine, sorry. To see how it affected the quail. So it's these ridiculous spend. And, and another good example is they they gave like uh, some forty one million dollars to repair a tank that the army did not want. They didn't want it to repair. They wanted it to be gone away. They didn't want to pay anyone to repair it, but they they gave the army money to pay to repair uh, this tank and. So it seems like ridiculous spending, but actually it is not ridiculous at all. It is completely on purpose because in the case of the tank, um, 
they want that there were interest groups that wanted the people who repair the tank to be be paid money. Mm-hmm. So to satisfy the interest groups, who then pay the ma- who, then the army pays the money for these tanks to be repaired, who they don't want the ta- that they don't even want the tanks, the tanks they rather just let it die or throw it in the bin. The people that that got paid to fix the tanks, they they got some money, and this belongs to some interest groups, and that was what the the point is. This is what's called pork barrel spending, and um, that is the entire that is the entire point of of the government interest groups. And maybe like once in a while to show some visibility that you're actually supposed to do something. But when I say, for example, the regulations is the company did what the government wants, I, I was really very specific. I really meant it. Consumer protection is a fraction of those regulations. It could be that, uh, you know, take a, a good example. Amazon is now lobbying the government for a $15 minimum wage, not because it cares about workers, but because it wants to put Walmart who under who has like a deal that they give them they don't pay them fifty dollars an hour but they give them like cheap food at a discount from from Walmart or whatnot um, and like all these uh, small shops that like sell books or coffee shop they all go out of business because they can't afford the fifteen dollars an hour and Amazon will pick up like both um, uh, market share and you know they they have like uh, what's that Trader Joe not Trader Joe or, or organic food or something. Whole Foods, they have Whole Foods, and they'll take these like small stores that were selling like foods to people. They have like this Whole Foods that will replace it. So they're lobbying the government to pass regulation to literally kill competitors. That that's what they'll do. I understand all that, but I think that I don't think you're doing this maliciously. But I think of course uh, they're doing it to make make money. If they destroy the competitor, look. If you if you have an option of spending tons of money of actually providing a better service to your customer, giving better products. Or you can just pay a lobby lobbyist like a fraction of that money to pass a law. Mm. Which do you think they'll do? It's not illegal. I think that you're doing a trick here, and it's not malicious, but you're doing a trick where you're conflating the current regulatory environment with regulations in principle, right? There are potential regulations in principle which do not have the same incentive structure for the FDA, right? We could we could give them bonus payments when they approve drugs. We can give them a, a, a margin of error on whatever statistical analyses they do so that, like, within a higher margin, people could get a side effect from a drug than they initially thought it would. We can increase the margin on that. Right. We can do all kinds of things to bring the incentives in line to the type of competitive market environment that we want, right? And we can disincentivize through that regulatory um, power, right? Again, in a different regulatory environment and a different way to uh, do regulations than the current ones, right? And additionally, something like the $15 minimum wage, right? You're right about that in, in, in as a specific type of regulation, perhaps, but not necessarily in principle that we should have no minimum wage whatsoever, right? Like, those are two entirely different um, arguments to be had here, right? And I think that you're sliding between the two. So I, I would say this. I, I'm, I don't think it was... I'm not doing any trick. This is a very, very strong position that myself and other people... Uh, or, or basically, I could be saying that I'm, I'm getting some of these positions from the free market and libertarian people that I, I would follow. Sure. It, it, and I don't think you can tweak it very much. I think, I think even in the UK, uh, you can like, give KPIs or something like to, to maybe like get a, a slightly better result, but, mm-hmm. but it's not. 
the incentives are, will not change. And bear in mind that a lot of the people, like I, I, w- I would say this typically on, on the left, I'm not, not say, saying you are, but um, they think the solution to a big government is an even bigger government with someone with them running it, with someone on their side running it. Sure, it's, sure. It's, it's never it's not it's my position at all. Um, but yeah, there, there, there are all these the, these degenerate people. I I know. Yes, I'm aware of these people. So um, I, I would say like there are certain incentives and certain things that repeat themselves. And um, I I specifically said in my opening statement also that. Um, the bigger the bigger a market is, the more the government would need to grow to regulate it. The more money that flows it, the government would need to regulate it. I am necessarily saying that in America there's a lot of that. There's a lot of money flowing. Sure. And the government, whereas for example, you know, in in smaller countries in Europe, that may not be the case, and they don't have as much corruption, whereas US that have more. But it is definitely a, an expected even behavior. To, to see these sorts of things in the market. But like, again, like we can, we, we haven't tried with the FDA giving them like bonuses or other types of incentives to, to, to approve drugs, right? We haven't tried these measures yet. I, in principle, I, I, I would say again, you can, you can try to give them bonus. I don't know about bonuses because they'll, Salaries are fixed, but it's not even a, it's not even a matter of bonus. But let's say you give them KPIs and say we expect this many things. They'll try to stay within the KPIs, but the incentive will be the strongest thing. In general, in economics, like you're talking about incentives, that's like if you if you boil oil economics down, it will be the world incentives. So those those aren't changing. Um, the market has different incentives. So even for let's say for example uh, the fifteen dollar minimum wage. Let's say you say, well, I, I want $15 because I don't want a $2 minimum. I, I don't want a $2 an hour minimum, not minimum, unminimum wage, like unregulated. There won't be a situation in the market where that's, that's so low that even though if you put that price, no one will come to work for you. Right. It's, just too, it's just too low and it's not, not a benefit to anyone. So the, the, there will be like a supply and demand even in that. Uh, but, but for example, even the $15 minimum wage, and, and this is an argument made a, a very long time ago, there was a, I don't know if it's still the case, but it, it was the case some decades ago where you had like uh, black teenagers had a very high um, unemployment rate. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm assuming like outside when they just finished school. And, and some people were saying that the part of the problem was that the schooling was very bad for them in, in the areas where they were. And um, so they come out of school, they have a very poor education. And then if they were to, to compete like on price because they, they don't have a very good education or, or whatnot, um, then they could like join the workforce and get on the job skills, which they can then form out of a career. Mm-hmm. But because of the $15 minimum wage, they're like locked out. And, 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 and uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds on like the minimum wage topic. And I understand the point. Um, and, and there's a robust argument there, but again, to sort of convince me um, to be dissuaded from this pro- this proposition, I would need you to prove that there is not a single possible regulation on corporate behavior. So one prohibition or one mandate of corporate behavior, which which would not um, be be better suited than than allowing the market to take its course, right? 
Sorry, I don't I don't understand. Could you explain it again? It's not about proving one specific regulation is bad, right? That's not what what would convince me to to relinquish the proposition, right? Well, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not it's saying that it, to win is that we have a more efficient market or a and the efficiency, you know, index towards, I guess, something like happiness or whatever, consumer satisfaction. Right. Hold, hold, hold on. For, for the proposition, though. So specifically, right. like, on free markets and regulate themselves. So I, I've, I've presented ways of regulation. Right. Now the, the question is, effectively, is, is kind of up to you. Now, I, I would say... I think we're drawing near the end. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say, like, uh, if, like, it's the same... As what we have now, or even like a tad better, I I, I think or I feel I've met that. If it's like if it's like like a Nirvana kind of state, that would be like a more maybe a, a longer conversation, which I would maybe need more research for. But at, at the very least, it's not it's not bad. It's not like you know if the if the government went away, everything would like people would like run in the streets naked or something, right? One second. Um, so again, noble uh, RC night. I hope my mic is better, but uh, I need to be. It's worse. Oh God, fuck my life. Um, I will fix this later. But um, what I need is is I need it to be proven that there will not be a more efficient market indexed to something like happiness or consumer satisfaction. Um, if it's not possible to have a better market than a completely free market with at least one regulation. And I think that regulations on fraud and I think the legal stuff that we talked about earlier uh, counts as a regulation because it's a restriction or a mandate on corporate behavior. Um, I hope that that came through. Uh, and that's sort of what I'm kind of resting my case on. And I think that, uh, that, that that's, that's all that I think I can say and all I can do to uh, convince. Okay. Yeah, any type in general, any type in general, any in principle. Anyone that you could think of, it will not be more efficient. Sorry, so you're, you're giving me like an option to persuade you on something? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's like what I need to be persuaded in, is that there's not a single, single regulation that we could possibly think of that would make the market more efficient with respect to whatever, right? Um, well, I, I, then I give then I give the example of of the FDA. Right, right, but I, I just think that you know, yeah, but that's that's one among many like regulatory bodies. Like we were talking about, you know, yeah, but let's but let's just take pesticide levels in food, right? That seems like a good regulation to have. Um, I'm not, but I'm not saying that you won't have that regulation in, in uh, or like a, a regulation like or like a standard in in the market. And I'm giving an example where there is a body in in government right now that is very very slow to release medicine. You know, to some degree, maybe some people like that, but mm-hmm. at the same time, because it's very slow to release medicine, it's killing people. And yes, it is. It is yeah. like very harsh on things that that may be very negative to people. But like on balance, it's it's doing more harm than good. And if it, and if this were in the in the private sector, and like doctors were were the ones paying for this kind of service, and it would represent the doctors in this way, then we could potentially see because the incentive structure has changed, we could see more medicine coming in, more people's lives saved. And if, for example, if for example, a uh, a medicine is let's let's say 
is in like some sort of trials. It's not fully done, but like some trials have been done and there's an X amount of risk. And it's like, a so let's say it's like a new medicine. And this patient of a doctor is like this very rare disease and this medicine could help. And the doctor say, well, look, this, these are the risks. These are the re- these are the rewards. Let's discuss. Right, right now you don't have that option. Right now, if if you look, at, if you compare it to like, uh, let's say cars. Let's say, and I'm thinking, well, I, w- I want to buy a secondhand car. I can't afford a new car. The FDA is like, no, you're buying a new car or nothing. You're going to walk to work. Yeah, I get, a new that. Car. I get That's- that. Like, I I just still hold out hope that there is some form of regulation about bringing new medicines into the market that that will be that will get more medicine to people as much, you know, maybe not perfectly, but, but much more than we have now that doesn't also sell people snake oil. Right. And, and that's my fear is that if you start selling people the, the long shot craps game slot machine cures, uh, like I'd rather have some regulation than, than that world where people throw away their money at something that, that was really terrible right but you you do have you do have in the example it's still the same kind of principle of the fda but the but the incentives have changed so you're you're still evaluating these you're still running tests on them it's just the incentives have changed right right i just think that that, that like from a the, the third party that's disconnected from being interested by Profit motive, corporate survival, competition, etc. Having a third party to to have some at least very base level restrictions on what you can bring to market, and I think we kind of agree on this. The certain extent is that having the state as being outside of the market, doing that fundamental work, um, is required. Right? Well, well, why do you think? Because you don't want something is in the market. One second. Why do you think because something is in the market, it's now corruptible? No, no, no. It's not about being corruptible. It's just, it's not about that. It's just saying when there's no third party check at all on anything. It is is a third party check. It is literally, it is not the same company. It's a, it's a different, it's a third party, just not from the government. Yeah, but but now we're back in cheap Chinese shit land, and there's people who will get the cheapest thing no matter what, and there'll be as many standard. You're essentially legalizing paying for Yelp reviews because now I can pay this company to give me a good rating, right? And if they don't give me a good rating, I'm going to shop to the other guy, right? Because if he's not giving me a good rating, I'm not going to keep going to his business, right? For, for arguments, for arguments, like let's stick to the FDA example. Um, if if someone like bribes this this privatized FDA and they give bad reviews as a sorry they give bad uh, advice as a result of this, then the doctors that are paying for this service will say, well, look, this is bad advice. My patients are being hurt. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to use a different provider. And so then that's so it's like, it's, it's like it's it's just like this it's just like this thing it's just like this thing this mentality that. That everyone in, in capitalism will default to the most evil thing possible. And not like, well, look, I want to have a business for the next 20 years. I've invested all this time and money and I want to serve people. Like, no, this doesn't even register. This like, no, how do I fuck as many people over? No, it's, it's not about that at all, right? Because now, right, again, like, if it, it's, it's, again, you really need to look up the right to repair stuff. But like, once you get this market norm in place, 
where certain things are acceptable, these things have like an incredible amount of inertia, right? And on the supplier side, right, if the doctor is no longer caring about the standards board because they hurt his patients, right, then that standard board's going to give them money to keep prescribing the pills that they're pushing in order to, to push the product, right? Everybody is self-interested to a degree. Does that mean that they're necessarily the epitome of evil? No. Everyone is just self-interested, and when you put dollar signs uh, towards people of certain constitutions, not all doctors will take a bribe, but right then, there's a significant enough portion of the population uh, who will take bribes like that if the figure's high enough that, that you're going to have some real serious negative consequences, and that's my fear. It's if, not if, about the vast majority. It's about the, the stuff that gets through the cracks, that the baseline floor regulations help us to avoid the worst, the worst possible situations. If everyone, if, if everyone, if everyone is self-interested, why doesn't that be expressed as giving the best service or product to a customer for, for just for the sake of self-interest? Like the more I do that, the more customers will buy from me compared to everyone else. The more money I make, literally a feedback loop. The better I treat my customers, the more money I will make, the more money I will pay my shareholders as a result. Literally a feedback. Why is it like, how do I screw people over in the short term? Then the company is burned for the next 20 years and the shareholders' share goes to zero. Why, why is that like the default? In these days, you do not take a product to market and just throw it to the general population at large. Like All these products are specifically designed to hit specific market sectors that are very small and niche in certain cases. Yeah, to right? serve, to serve the value of customers. customers. As we've talked about, some of these customers, due to them being partially self-interested, being poor, et cetera, et cetera, right, they, they have a lower standard uh, uh, and their demand is heavily elastic, right, to the point where, where the cheaper product is, they're always going to buy it. And you'll have corporations that will be able to leverage that fact through their self-interest and, and, and target that specific market and derive their business solely around meeting the specific desires and wants and needs of that market, right? It's not about the market at large. You can meet, you can meet the, you can sell cheap, high-value products to this sector and make a ton of money while not while not trying to cheat them. Just like say, look, I I here's a product. It doesn't mean like. I'm disrupting, let's say you're disrupting, I'm disrupting the market, I have a cheaper product, it only does 80% of what the competitors do, but it's good enough, and it's much, much cheaper, and I'm disrupting the market, and you're serving like a, poor, a poorer segment, but or even any segment, really, if it, if it answers the needs, and let's say some people still want to pay more money because they want 100%, that's fine, but you... you but the idea is to give value to the customers. It was never to screw anyone over. And it's not a long-term strategy. Right, but, but like, again, the point is that, again, and this is the revolving door of rebranded bullshit, right? If I, I'm just going to hire a standards board that tells you that my product does 100% of my competitor. And then if, if it gets out that that standard board is bullshit, I'm just going to make a new one. Right or finding find well, then the, how, how will the standards board gain the reputation that it just lost? That's a very expensive thing. Create my own. 
Sorry? Yeah, but with zero reputation. Oh, the general public doesn't know about the different standard boards of all particular industries, right? And what if it does? Certain... What if it does? What if it goes like this This sticker on this product is a standard board of consumer that I'm familiar with? Right, but there's... But, but like, sure, but most products you don't tend to buy... Okay, let's 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 flip it around. Let's say, is this a is this a fifty percent? I understand what you I understand what you're saying. Is this a fifty percent problem or a one percent problem? What do you mean by that? The people that that do as you're saying, like the possibilities of of harm and whatnot, or the possibility of cheating people, is it a one percent problem or a fifty percent problem? It, it's a smaller problem. It's a smaller problem. Okay. I won't say one percent, but. Well, I, you understand what I mean, yeah? Yeah, right. It's a smaller subset. It's like take take vaping for instance, right? Uh, vape products, right? There's no real standards board for that. Everybody puts out their own sticker. You never know if the product is good, right? Because there's no standard set in place, and because it is almost entirely privately regulated, right? Um, there, there's no incentive for them to create like a unified standard board, right? new products come in the market all the time like fucking i went through three different vapes until i found one that was actually worth a shit how did you how did you find out i just kept buying different ones when they broke right and if, and if you if you wanted to avoid that now how would you buy a vape that won't break i really don't know i think it's a roulette wheel I think you just, would you would you look to review? I don't know. I don't vape, but would you look for some reviews or something? I looked at reviews, and all of them I had high level reviews. Like all of them said that it was worth the money, that they were good, etc. For all of these, how did they break then? Because they're so new. One, one one leaked and just stopped working. It leaked through the bottom and just stopped working. The other one, the charge port broke on it. I liked that one. I really liked that one. The charge port broke on it. And now this one, which I've had for like a year and some change, is okay. a decent one. Um, I did pay more money for it, but all of them had good reviews. And I was happy with all of them until they broke. Um, okay, fair. I, I honestly don't know about this, uh, this market segment at all. You know, what I'm saying is like, it, when you go to these like specific market segments, right, we see even in our current realm where there's like no regulation around them, that you get, like, bullshit that happens, right? And that's, like, my grammar point, but my brain is starting to get fried, my voice is getting tired, etc. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh... Let's adjourn it. Let's round up. Let's round up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I hope I answered most, most of the questions, so I guess we're going to go for a vote, but I hope for the proposition I answered most of the case, most of the cases, or the vast majority of them, um, I, I'll just quickly go over like a few things. So I, I was arguing that markets can regulate the self-efficiency. We actually didn't get into environment, which I had quite a bit on. Um, so indices, standard bodies, like I gave the FDA example, consumer groups, which again, both of these two are experts in their area. Like I gave the example of like testing toys. So the button doesn't come off and the children swallow it. Insurance, we didn't really touch on, but a lot of com companies need insurance so they won't get sued. And those can like state certain criteria of what the business should be doing. Uh, recommendation system, we talked about like Amazon and stuff like that, but cool. Uh, Dog gave an example of how his thing broke, so I'm not sure how, how well they're... Usually they're okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
we discussed market forces about supply and demand of how you you know you invest in a particular business you don't want to throw that all away there's there's like more incentive to have like a more long-term plan um and not screw over your customers because they'll hear about it and stop buying from you and we gave the we gave the courses and actually in my notes it says damage and fraud for the cold system but mm-hmm. uh we did, i i actually i think bribery i said i'll go i'll take i'll go and notice on that uh to, to research um yeah, uh, that, that was my closing statement. Yeah, I think uh, my closing statement is going to be also along these lines. I think that like um, any type of these fraud, bribery, etc., right, is a type of regulation that the, the, the government puts in, which prohibits certain types of uh, corporate behavior, and in such cases constitute a regulation. And I think we both agree that there needs to be a fundamental enforced um sort of sort of regulation now if it's a robust set of regulations or a very lean set of regulations uh, either one will will carry my proposition here and i also just do believe that um that without uh at least some benchmark and potentially regulatory bodies that are incentivized in the right way through uh social mechanisms and so forth um, can eliminate the worst, right? Essentially, I think a maxi-min strategy is a better approach when we're talking about, um, you know, consumer protections and things like that. So you have to ensure some level of baseline um, and then let market forces do the finer tuning after we've already reached an acceptable level uh, for the product. And so um, I do want to say that I really enjoyed this debate. I think that we kept the structure of it extremely clean I think that the audience uh, would have heard a very good clash between us, and I'm interested to see how they vote. But uh, I really did enjoy this debate, 